Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ew! Ew! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast E-M. And I'm Kate. You could follow me on Twitter at FF Ball Blast. And I'm Jake. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Make sure to smash that five-star mark on your podcast app. We would be so grateful. Thank you to everyone who's left any comments and reviews. We take them to heart. Uh, we got a packed show today because we're getting really close to these fantasy football playoffs. And you got to win these games. Like These are important matchups. I have a couple huge huge matchups this week that's like must win and I'm kind of struggling here with why are there bye weeks so late into the season I will never understand like don't make Jonathan Taylor take a week off please I need him in my life um it's egregious too many injuries still well we had just like so many key teams like right in the most important part of our fantasy seasons like the Chiefs just had a bye the the Rams had a bye so many fantasy relevant players are just sticking it to us because they what need some rest professional athletes need rest well i realized today that two of my scripture starts are like dealing with injuries like but there's no one out there that's not dealing with some type of injury i feel like or coming back from one i don't know it's a disaster so let's try to dig through all these weeds and get into the news and notes. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. First off, we'll start with the good news. Alvin Kamara, finally back at practice. He is expected to start against the Jets. Could not ask for a better matchup. Six touchdowns incoming. Yeah, I mean, <gasps> he might be limited, right? They might not give him a ton of touches, but against this defense, it doesn't really matter. I'm starting him. If he's back, he's getting plugged in because, like, so many people have been starting guys like Dontrell Hilliard or Rex Burkhead last week. A lot of people had to start. So, like, you're going to need Alvin Kamara back into your lineup. If he's back, you play him. Uh, Logan Thomas is out for the season. So, if you were depending on him in your tight end spot, it, you know, it hasn't been great for him this season with injuries, but he's back out for the rest of the season. So go pick up Ricky Seals-Jones if you need someone. He's also kind of dealing with an injury, but looks like he could be back this week. Yeah, I think he's going to be back. Uh, definitely, like, with J.D. McKissick not practicing, he's got a concussion. Um, we don't really know how he's going to progress through that. So they might need Ricky Seals-Jones to step up and absorb some of those targets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like I am I'm stuck with one league where I've had to like keep Tyler Higby because there's no one else on waivers. It's like so thin. It's a 16 team league. Well, wait until you get to uh, my tight end start of the week. I went and picked up Ricky Seals Jones instead of having to deal with Tyler Higby any longer. Yeah. Uh, Adam Thielen and Delvin Cook both expected to miss Thursday night football against the Steelers. It's a fantastic matchup for them if they were to play, but now it's a fantastic matchup for Alexander Madison. Um, would you dare play KJ Osborne? Either of you guys? He's like he's like the sleeping hotness right now is the word on the Twitter sphere, but I'm not sold. I'm I'm just not sold on it. Like I'm not willing to at this stage in the season roll him into my lineups because he could easily just drop a deuce on you in, in not a good way. Is there a good way? 
<laughs> you have to ask Odell Beckham. I'm not sure. I think he has some thoughts on that. Oh, my Lord. Just as Odell's making his way back, we find a way to tear him back down. Well, let's say you've been starting a guy like Rashad Bateman because you expected him to, you know, be good this then, year. Yes. He I, has been. Bateman or Osborne? I'd Osborne. rather go with Osborne. Osborne easily for me. Yeah. So. Yeah, you have to chase the targets there with Osborne, which is gross to say. And he's shown some upside. Like, he's not... He's not totally been flat-footed, right? Like, eh, yeah. you could do worse, especially against the Steelers. Shout out Steelers. Now, <laughs> yeah, the Steelers did just shut down Bateman, though. So it's not and Marquise Brown. Listen, their defense is terrible, but I guess it's not a given that Osborne will do anything. Uh, moving on, 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan said that he's hopeful that Debo Samuel can play this week, but then he also didn't practice, and it's like, I feel like Debo's not going to play, but maybe we should listen to the head coach. We're all hopeful that he could play. Yeah, we're all hopeful. uh, But if you're counting on him, I'm a little bit worried about it. Going up against the Bengals, like it's an okay matchup. But Elijah Mitchell also didn't practice for the 49ers uh, with a concussion. So he's also questionable. If he's going to play, all of their running backs are hurt. Jeff Wilson's hurt. Um... Who am I missing there? Oh, Trey Sermon's hurt, even though he hasn't been playing anyway. So it's pretty much like Jermichael Hasty, or they picked up Brian Hill. But the Bengals are actually a pretty good run defense. I don't, I don't want to mess with that unless Elijah Mitchell is playing. Then what I'd is go with what is Trey Sermon's uh, like official injury? Is it a bruised ego? Yeah, or? pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, DeAndre Swift did not practice again on Wednesday. Um, it's looking like he's probably not going to play. Dan Campbell, the coach, said it's a long shot. And yeah, I can I do not expect him to play. David Montgomery, like I saw his status, shoulder, groin, and glute injuries. How do, whoa, that's a lot of injuries. Uh no this one is really, all of it. You could just say David Montgomery body. Yeah. At that point. I mean, maybe it's a rest day because he didn't practice on Wednesday. Maybe he just threw out injuries out there. Like just one of them will one of them will stick, but I don't It's I kind don't of know. like when Najee Harris was on the injury report like a couple weeks ago and they yeah. asked him like, Hey, what was what was your ankle injury? And he's like, What ankle injury? And they were like, oh, whoops. Like, they just they just dropped that injury tag out of nowhere. Yeah. He's like, my ankle's fine. And, like, he had no idea what was going on. So I think that was just a little bit of, uh, you know, like, tagging. But, like, three injuries, if you're just tagging somebody to get them a rest day, seems a little bit much. Yeah, maybe he's just sort of, we'll see. Maybe he doesn't practice tomorrow. And then you get worried. If you are worried about it and you're like, oh, my goodness, I would have no one else. Like, if he sits... Khalil Herbert's probably out there, right? Like, after David Montgomery came back, he hasn't been playing at all. So um, go pick up Herbert just in case, and I think he's a fine option if Montgomery sits. And then lastly, I had a heart attack when this uh, news came across my phone, but it seems like it might be all right. Mike Williams was placed on the COVID list today. He is unvaccinated, so I was like, okay, well, he's probably going to miss the game. But apparently it was just close contact to Keenan Allen. So he never actually tested positive. But because he's unvaccinated and it was a close contact, he has to miss five days from Monday, though. So he can be back on Saturday and play on Sunday. So there's still hope. As long as all of his tests are negative, then he can play. And that would be Michelle fantastic. needs. I need him. I don't actually have another player to put into the lineup if he misses. Uh, there's no way. You've got to have a reserve. Sleep. Yeah. Uh, you, oh, there's nothing. There's oh, that's no waivers. I'm stuck, and I have Jonathan Taylor and my four, my Eagles. I'm by, and everyone's injured, so I need Mike Williams to play. So everyone, just like pray for me here, please. Uh, but that's <laughs> it for the news and notes. I wanted to do something fun before we get into scrumptious start. I don't know how fun it is, but um, set it and forget it, right? Because so many times we get questions about players over and over and over. It's like, well, these players have been performing consistently for a long time. So it's just like, why are we still questioning them? Put them into your lineup and don't ever look at them again. Don't question it. Don't worry about their matchups. Put them in your starting lineup and forget about it. Well, let's start the insanity. <laughs> so we're going to each name one of those guys that we are going to start the rest of the season as long as they're healthy and not question it. Do you like that? I like it. Okay. Jake, let's start with you. Who's your guy? 
I am still shocked to see so many start set questions involving Hunter Renfro at this point in the season. Wow, that's a good it's one. very strange. It almost has to be like just the name thing. You know, he's he's not a superstar name. He's he's not a sexy name. But the dude is wide receiver 23 in points per game over the course of this season. He is the most steady producer at the position outside of like your absolute studs like Cooper Cup. He he is uh, averaging 7.7 targets per game. He's only had two games this entire season where he hasn't crossed the double-digit fantasy points mark. He's a he's a bona fide uh, stud adjacent player. I'm gonna say he's not a stud. So if you have like absolute destroyers on your team that you can put ahead of him for some reason, then you know do it. But all these random guys like KJ Osborne or Hunter Renfro, you start Hunter Renfro. Don't get too cute. Yeah, I agree with you there. I See, Hunter Renfro is a guy that I would have trouble like trusting, even though it makes no sense because all he does is score. It's the name. It is so the name. And like you just it's hard to trust Derek uh, Carr because, you know, we just love to hate on him. But. Yeah, it's just the name Hunter Renfro and like how much he hasn't done anything in the past. So it's it's hard to trust him. My guy, I, I pretty much just made this segment so I could talk about him. Not even going to lie. I just want to talk about Elijah Moore all the time, every day. Uh, he has been nothing but fantastic and with really bad quarterbacks. I mean, it's been four different quarterbacks now with uh, Mike White and Josh Johnson and Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson. And over the last four weeks, or actually over the last five weeks, he has finished inside the top eight in three of those five weeks. Wide receiver one, wide receiver three, and wide receiver eight. Like Those are really nice finishes. The other two weeks, wide receiver 27. That doesn't kill you. Like You're going to get those weeks out of your wide receivers, even out of the elite ones. And then wide receiver 40, obviously not great. But the, his final schedule is fantastic. I mean, you get the Saints this week, really nice, friendly pass defense. The Dolphins, the Jaguars, and the Buccaneers, all defenses that you don't shy away from uh, when you have a wide receiver in fantasy. So I'm excited about that. Corey Davis is out for the year. And any time this season that Elijah Moore has seen eight-plus targets, he's averaging 22 fantasy points. That's a stat from Curtis Patrick on Twitter, but man, Elijah Moore, you're my dude. Just keep balling out. He is dealing with a quad injury. He's day to day, but I swear to God, if he sits, just fantasy football gods hate me. That's I'm determined. <laughs> uh, the fantasy football gods hate literally everybody this year. They're they're pissed about something. I don't know what we all did, and we've all done pretty terrible things. Like the world in general has done some pretty awful things in the last couple of years. Maybe this is our punishment. Sure. This is the world's comeuppance, is <laughs> yeah. Elijah Moore potentially being out this week. Yeah. What is it, like Sodom and Gomorrah? Like, this is uh, just the ultimate punish. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm not who's your guy? Move on. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle, who has been a very hot, hot and spicy name. I feel like he's finally starting to get some traction here. But I feel like I want to make a bold statement here about Jalen Waddle because there are a lot of elite wide receivers right now that I would prefer Jalen Waddle of rest or over rest of season. Uh, remaining schedule is beautiful, so they do have a Week 14 bye, but then they get the Jets, Saints, and Titans through your fantasy football playoffs. Two of those teams uh, have allowed 1,000 receiving yards. Two wide receivers since week eight. There have only been four teams to do that. And Jalen Waddell gets to face two of them in your fantasy football playoffs. Each of their matchups, they're allowing top eight in fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver. I just think there's so many, uh, like, just delicious matchups on the slate. And Jalen Waddell is a must-start rest of season. I would take Jalen Waddell over DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, Stephon Diggs, and Jamar Chase, rest of season. He I would is, still start Diggs. Woo. He is a lock but, for my uh, top seven. Seven? Yeah, I mean, he's been fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Uh, I got to talk about Elijah Moore. I feel good now. We can move on to our scrumptious starts of the week. <laughs> So meaty. What's not to like? Custard? Good. 
Jam, good. Meat, good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. Jake, I like. I feel like we bring up this guy's name every time. <laughs> and I he know. better do better than the time I said he was going to be a scrumptious start. Let's talk about your guy. Hey, I'm actually I, the only one that when I called him scumptious, he was scrumptious. Well, I mean, there's only been two chances hey. so far. So wait, he's yeah. been a scrumptious start three consecutive weeks. Yeah. Well, he was a buy, he was yeah, on a buy but... last week. So technically, he was off of our our <laughs> sheet for last week, and that's the only reason. And it's if you haven't discovered yet who we're talking about, it's Cam Newton who gets to play the Falcons. That's all this is. This is a matchup based play here more than anything we saw the worst case scenario a couple of weeks ago as michelle is alluding to here where he was just he was a bust he just was miami it looked like a good matchup i was fully on board with starting him and he just he tanked he absolutely tanked sorry what was but what (laughs) he, he did it but he got here's the thing even his tanking like you saw a glimmer of light and how bad he was throwing, he still is used in the rushing game and still got a rushing touchdown. He's gotten a rushing touchdown every single start of this year. That's only three, to be fair. But Atlanta gets gashed by rushing quarterbacks. They are the fourth, or excuse me, the yeah fourth most. Uh, they just allowed Sam Darnold, if you recall, back in week eight to run for 66 yards against them. Damn. Cam Newton could easily do that. Could easily do that. So um, they're also allowing the second most fantasy points overall to opposing quarterbacks. I do not love Cam Newton purely based on his talent right now, but I can't overlook this matchup. Yeah, and it's not like Sam Darnold was uh, performing well, and if he still could put up 66 yards. Like, if you're going to get 66 yards from your fantasy quarterback, they're likely to have a pretty nice day. Do you guys remember that one time Sam Darnold led the league in rushing touchdowns? Yeah. Led it, the, it made people believe he was a good league. quarterback for oh no reason. Oh, my God. I told you the fallout was coming. Yeah. I told all of you. It happened hard. <laughs> it happened hard. All right, my guy, my scrumptious start of the week, now I'm a little nervous because I wrote this all up and I was thinking, oh man, I really like this matchup. And then I remember he has a hurt pinky. Um, it's Joe Burrow. And it's been ugly for Burrow as of late. Like if you started him in fantasy any time over the last four weeks, like you weren't happy. Seven points, nine points, 16 points, 16 points. Like there hasn't been a good matchup for a very long time for him in fantasy like that you've been happy but I think even with the pinky, I'm going to still go with it. Hopefully, you know, he can grip onto that ball. But, uh, you know, a, a week of rest, he should be all right. But I just, I love the matchup far too much. Now, the 49ers, they're somehow a top five defense in passing yards per game. Like, they're not allowing a lot of passing yards per game. But it's because, there's a little secret here, 464 total defensive penalty yards this season they've had. That's the most in the NFL by a good chunk. It's gross. They've had 16 DPI calls, defensive personal, sorry, defensive pass interference calls, most in the league, almost 300 yards of that. So it's hard for the other quarterbacks to stack up yards against them when they're just like getting all of these yards for free and it doesn't go on their stat sheet. They're not actually a good pass defense allowing their bottom five and completion percentage allowed passer rating bottom 10 like just a very bad defense overall and joe burrow has a lot of those deep pass touchdowns that's all he really needs he needs a couple of those deep passes to either jamar chase or t higgins it's gonna be a, a nice game for him i'm all like i really believe as long as his pinky's okay that it's going to be a Joe Burrow game because I think the 49ers can do a decent job stopping Joe Mixon in this matchup, and he's going to be forced to throw. So I'm all for plugging him in. I like him over a lot of the like bigger guys this week, honestly. Um, I-, I think I'd rather go with Joe Burrow over Aaron Rodgers, which seems crazy. I actually have a more interesting question. I want to pair this with your start set. Uh, what are we doing with Jamar Chase? Because he was red hot red hot to start the season but um he has not finished as uh better than a wide receiver two since week seven he week hasn't finished seven. better than a wide receiver three he have uh, yes correction thank you uh week seven that is the last time we saw jamar chase now he's like eh, jamar yeah 
Well, you'll see my scrumptious start of the week. It's not Jamar Chase. It might be the other guy. Oh. All right, Kate, I absolutely hate your uh, scrumptious start of the week at quarterback, but I'll let you discuss. Um, The way that I – let me just preface uh, this with the way that I wrote it in the show sheet so you guys can feel just how passionate I am about this start. I said, Zach Wilson. That's what I wrote in our show sheet. Um, Pretty gross, yeah. But he's had three games of 20 or more fantasy points. He had his best showing of the season so far in week 13 after he sat for a little bit, got to see some uh, pseudo quarterback play. I'm not going to like say good quarterback play, but I I think uh, he might have learned a little something. It was the first QB1 performance of his little young baby career. And when we say QB1, because I feel like everyone might not know, we just brought up wide receiver three. We're not saying the wide receiver three on the week or the quarterback one. It means you're in the top 12 for quarterback one, uh, 13 to 24 for quarterback two, and then 25 plus for quarterback three. Yes. Uh, And Zach Wilson was the quarterback six this past week. So we did just see a little bit of flash. He looked good. He looked much better targeting Elijah Moore. Um, And the matchup's just so juicy. Since week eight, the Saints have allowed the fourth highest passer rating to opposing quarterbacks, a league high 23.5 fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. The second most is the Vikings with 20.7. So they've got almost a three-point lead on the second worst defense. They're allowing a 69.8% completion rate, second most passing yards, second most passing touchdowns. Like the Saints secondary has not been good. Um, I I think Zach Wilson could be in a spot with this particular matchup to uh, be a really gross starter in your lineup. Yeah. I mean, you have to be really <laughs> down. Um, we're playing in like, I guess, a, if a you're playing in two quarterback leagues. Yeah, um, I can't imagine in one quarterback league that you would need Zach Wilson, but I guess it's not the worst thing of life. Um, just seems disgusting. Jake, what, who is your running back scrumptious start of the week? <laughs> I don't know. Depending on your views here, the, he, this might be the worst thing of life because I'm recommending that you start Devonta Freeman, running back for the Baltimore Ravens against the Cleveland Browns this week. Um it's, it's the same reason that I brought up Cam Newton. I think people are grossed out right now. It's like De- Devonta Freeman. Like, that guy hasn't been good since, you know, the 80s, I guess. <laughs> uh, turns out, though, he's actually secretly been really good here since he's gotten the starting job officially. So if we go back to week six, before he was even really heavily used, he was just kind of sprinkled in. He's only had a couple of times where he scored uh, under double-digit fantasy points and when he's hit he's really hit I mean last week against Pittsburgh he went 20 plus points uh, against them and Cleveland is kind of a middle of the road matchup I'm not expecting the world here but I am expecting consistent usage because what we've seen out of him is you know double digit touches here uh, basically every week again that he's been the starter he's involved enough in the passing game too to make up for his inefficiency if it's there. So we got eight targets against Pittsburgh. Again, I'm not expecting eight targets this week, but it's nice to see that they are not afraid to throw to him. And he's the running back 15 since week six. Wow. And, and it's just that, that thing so of nuts. like, I'm not going to start him. What I'm not going to start it? him because it's Devonta <laughs> Freeman. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, his like his efficiency on the ground is straight trash, but he's getting into the end zone uh, often. And yeah, he is weirdly being used in the passing game, which I feel like the Ravens never do. Um, and that's kind of what you're banking on there. So not the worst. And you're probably, I mean, there's going to be tons of teams that need to start him. That'll probably be me in a couple leagues. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just been rough getting a full lineup out there um, as of late. So actually just entire season. Uh, I like my guy a lot more, but I'm sure you would as well. All right, Kate, we're going to jump to you this time. I'm going to do mine last uh, for a little reason here. But, Kate, talk about your scrumptious start of the week at running back. You're going to go last because I have a problem with your guy, Michelle. And we're going to fight. We're going to fight. This may be the biggest fight I can't believe you're going to let Jake say to start Devonta Freeman, but I'm not allowed to say my guy. It's fine. Talk about your loser, <laughs> your loser scrumptious start, and then we'll get into it. Um, like, uh, this is actually a pretty quick one. It's Josh Jacobs. 
Uh, Kansas City defense has been better as of late, but the last two weeks, Jacobs has had buku touches, 24 touches in week 12, 22 touches last week, nine targets last week. Kenyon Drake is out for the season with a broken ankle. It's a divisional matchup. I I can just see this being a nice opportunity for Jacobs to get plenty of touches, uh, and hopefully he can just get a couple more targets per game uh, if we're considering, you know, Kenyon Drake out for the year, which yeah. he is. And Darren Waller is still not back at practice. I do think, like, it's a gross name, and it's a name I don't think anybody's felt confident starting in, but I think with the volume, like, he's a must play uh at least for the time being yeah it's so weird with him because he scores when you know it's a close game or winning and then if they're down it's just like bye Josh Jacobs but with Kenyon Drake not there hopefully you know they keep using him on third downs and stuff like that but yeah I don't hate that I still would prefer to start my guy so we'll get into it it's Kareem Hunt I know he was Kate's fade of the week. This is why she's upset. We put in our guys and she was like, oh my goodness, my fade is your scrumptious start. I'm like, that's never happened before. So we're going to fight. So I think it's important that I named him my scrumptious start then because maybe other people might think you have to fade him. And I'm going to tell you why you don't have to do that. Well, Jake, uh, you're going to have to be our marriage counselor for today. You are going to be the (laughs) tie-breaking vote of whether or not Kareem Hunt is a scrumptious start or a... uh, dreadful it's dreadful let me get into it before his injury he from weeks one through five he was a running back six like the running back pretty pretty good averaging 18.7 points per game in ppr leagues he comes back from the injury in week 12 and he does very very little he only played 38 percent of the snaps had seven carries for like 20 yards it was it was ugly and he wasn't using the passing game he he wasn't ready to come back yet or like they just wanted to get him in slowly but now they've had the bye week and now they're back playing against the same team and people are going to be nervous that the Ravens are going to shut them down again I'm not worried about that yes the Ravens are very good at stopping the run but they're terrible against the pass just straight really atrocious this season it's wild and now Marlon Humphreys is out so it's probably going to get even worse so I am totally here playing Kareem Hunt due to his receiving work 100%. I don't expect him to do much on the ground whatsoever. Like Nick Chubb didn't do anything in that last game either. Um, They'll they'll probably shut him down there. But now Kevin Stefanski's talking about playing them both at the same time, both Chubb and Hunt, which I think is huge. Get Hunt out there. Jarvis Landry's still a little banged up. You don't have OBJ anymore, which you did the last time Hunt was, you know, healthy from weeks one through five. Um, they really don't have anyone else to pass to. David Njoku uh, is out with on the COVID list. We'll see if he can come back in time. But so I expect him to get these targets, right? Before his injury, he had four plus targets in each of the three games before his injury. And he already had three targets in the game he actually got injured. So I expect him to get four plus targets in this game. And in, over the last two seasons, any over those games that he's seen four plus targets, he averages 20 fantasy points per game. Like he's been killer. And that's nine games out of 23. So it's like it happens quite often. And I think when they definitely need him as a receiver, it's going to happen. Uh, so I'm all in on Kareem Hunt last year uh, in his last healthy matchup against the Ravens in week 14. 2020 he had six receptions for 77 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown he put up 29 fantasy points cream hunt baby starting him all right counterpoint no (laughs) (laughs) um for me this just all comes down to the matchup honestly uh like in the second half of the season especially baltimore's been just really dominant against the run second fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs since week seven allowing just 3.9 yards per rush attempt uh, tied for the eighth fewest in the nfl allowed the fifth fewest rushing yards one of seven teams to allow two or fewer touchdowns in that span it sounds like reasons not to play nick chubb i don't care i'm getting to it i'm getting to it uh they've allowed the second fewest broken tackles fourth most negative rush attempts uh, the highest stuff rate in the NFL, they are going to uh, not not be able to run the ball. But I think this is a situation where uh, Nick Chubb, uh, looking at 
which running back has been more affected when facing a top 10 rushing defense, it's actually been Kareem Hunt, which is kind of crazy. Looking at their splits from the 2020 and 2021 seasons, they have played six games. Uh, Nick Chubb specifically has played six matchups against top 10 defenses, and his splits are literally non-existent. Uh, average 16.88 PPR points per game uh, to his 17.3 when he is not. Kareem Hunt's actually the one who's seen a, a little dip here. Um, Kareem Hunt in his seven games where he's uh, faced top 10 rushing defenses, seeing just 9.6 PPR points per game to his average of 16. It, it doesn't come down to the rush attempts, uh, but like even in these matchups, he's had fewer targets, averaged 3.5 targets per game uh, against normal matchups, just 2.8 per game against top 10 defenses. Michelle... I'm not worried about it. Playing him. There's no one else to target in this offense. Kareem Hunt's going to get his Donovan Peoples-Jones. Five, six, seven, Donovan eight Pe- Donovan Peoples-Jones has been coming on as of late. You have Austin Hooper. Okay. Like, they have Harrison Bryant. You like, sit him. I'm going to play him. Jake, what, who, who, who do you side with here? I I side with availability at the running back position not, at this point. And that a, is honestly It's not a sit, it is a fade yeah. and expect low production. And Michelle, you are literally the opposite. You are expecting very high production. So Jake, is he going to have a good week or is he going to have a bad week? And choose wisely. I think he'll have a usable week, but I am certainly not banking on like a 15 plus fantasy point week for him this week. So I guess, I guess bad. It depends on what your definition is there, but I, I would see 15 points as his ceiling. Um, I don't think he's going to bust on you by any means, but uh, it's going to be, I I guess apparently I'm just right in the middle so that I can avoid any sort of confrontation on this. That's what I'm going with. All right, well, fine. Um, I'm going to say he's going to score 18-plus points. That's where I'm going with. All right, bold take. Oh, I won't take that. Points. I'm going to say he's going to score yeah. fewer than 10. Um, Damn. All right. And well, well, we shall see. Why we don't we do see. a poll on Twitter uh, okay. when we make this uh, this podcast live? We'll post a, a Twitter poll. All That's right, be fun. that sounds good. That's enough time on Cream Hunt. Uh, hopefully he makes it worth it. I want him to either like suck so hard or be so great. Like he better not score like 14, 15 <laughs> points because that would just be lame. That's what I want. I want one That's side exactly the what other. I want. One side or the other. All right, Jake, let's get into the wide receivers. Who's your scrumptious start? This is tough. Julio Jones. That's the name that I Whoa. haven't said out loud in a long time. Uh, feels like many ages since I did because – a, he's just not been out there. He's not been available. And in general this year, playing for the Titans, he hasn't been all that great. He had one massive Julio-esque blow-up game way back when. I think it was week four. And ever since then, it's just kind of been met when he's been out on the field. But the Titans do get to play the Jags this week. And that's big for him. Um, now, not to bury the lead too much, Julio Jones, he's back at practice my anticipation is that he will start this week. The signs are looking like he will. And if he's out there, he doesn't have competition for targets. He doesn't have competition for opportunities. Derrick Henry is no longer there. That was a giant obstacle for him back when he was actually still playing. A.J. Brown, going to be out for at least another couple of weeks. There is no stud option for Ryan Tannehill to throw to right now. And the Jags are allowing the eighth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. And here's something I did not know that floored me. Julio Jones, I was like, okay, he's gonna get a bunch of targets, but he'll probably get you like 60 yards. He'll get like 10 targets for 60 yards and he'll have meh week. But his A dot is shockingly 12.3 yards, which is higher than Justin Jefferson, Darnell Mooney, Marvin Jones. It's like, so he can really only have a couple of big plays this game and you'll be fine with him. And of course, throwing the touchdown for good measure, which I know he can do, even though he hasn't done it historically. This Jags defense is just not scary at all. Yeah, he should have an okay game. My biggest concern is he comes back out and, you know, injures the hamstring again. Like he just, it seems like for the last many years, he, every time he gets in a game, he's out again in 0.5 seconds. That's my only word. He is so hard to trust, but you know, sometimes I feel like this is going to be a trust fall. 
this week. And <laughs> it is might, risky. He might drop me. Yeah. My guy I'm really excited for. I hope he doesn't disappoint me. Another guy that's injured, though. So T. Higgins apparently is dealing with an ankle injury. I had no idea. Um, so keep an eye on that. Hopefully he practices tomorrow. It was just kind of a rest day. After getting 14 targets last week, he probably needed a rest day. Put up 138 yards and a touchdown. He's now had back-to-back weeks with 100-plus receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. He's had over 75 receiving yards in four of the last five games. Um, he had none of those games prior to their week eight bye. It seems like they went into the bye and then like completely changed their focus here from uh, Jamar Chase to T. Higgins, and now it's the T. Higgins show. Uh, so I, I really, truly believe like he is a start moving forward every week. But this matchup, I already talked about the 49ers just being a really bad pass defense, but their secondary is just destroyed. Josh Norman is incredibly bad and I love to see it because <laughs> his face annoys the crap out of me um so but he's one of the worst cornerbacks in the league this season uh just truly terrible he's allowing the third highest passer rating among 103 cornerbacks with 200 plus coverage snaps uh that's so hashtag bad that's hashtag bag and then their other starting cornerback uh Emmanuel Mosley is now out this week uh he he's injured and will not be playing in this game so their choices because they've already been really thin in secondary their choices is to either start their fifth round rookie uh diamador lenore who has played limited snaps as of late because he was so bad earlier in the season they had to like bench him um and then he came in for three snaps i think last game and he allowed three receptions um so um yeah so it that's one of their choices or their third round rookie uh from this draft as well. Ambry Thomas, who has played 20 defensive snaps all season long. He's been inactive in like five or six games this year. And when Kyle Shanahan was asked, like, why aren't you playing him? He just basically said like, he's not ready to play in the NFL yet. So those are their choices to pick to start on the opposite side of already a bad Josh Norman. PFF has Ambry Thomas is the one that they're going to go with and has T Higgins, the one that gets to go against Ambry Thomas. But even if he gets to go against Josh Norman, it's still great. Like he should eat. So should Jamar Chase. So should Joe Burrow. Like that whole show should. should. Um, But I, I, T Higgins should go off, like off, off. He should, which means he'll have two receptions for 30 yards. (laughs) But he should go up. I, I think the one way he might not is if, you know, the 49ers just hold him and get five more defensive pass interference calls. Uh, I guess that's one way that it could not. But God, we don't talk enough about how badly the 49ers have drafted. Like, yikes. They moved up. They traded up to go get Trey Sermon, and they don't even want to use him. Have they? Like dumb. they haven't so used, dumb. they haven't used Trey Lance. They haven't used Trey Sermon. They haven't used their Amber third Thomas. round rookie. They yeah. haven't used their fifth round rookie. Who have they used? Who have they? Do you think it's just an issue with guys named Trey? Because that seems to be their biggest <laughs> sticking point. Uh, that's hashtag analysis. Yes. Uh, Kate, who's your scrum to start a wide receiver? I'm going with Tyler Lockett. I feel like we, nobody really wants to touch the Seattle Seahawks right now because they're kind of a disaster and we know they need to blow the entire lid off that organization but dk metcalf has been pretty disappointing while lockett's actually been pretty nice for fantasy manage- managers since wilson returned outside of the one return game which was just the, the grossest game of all time that anybody has ever watched but over the last three weeks tyler lockett ranks third in receiving yards second in yards per reception seventh in yards per route run, third in average depth of target. He's been the wide receiver 12 in that span, and that's with Russell Wilson playing quite poorly. That's with their connection not being quite as bolsterous as it usually is. Now they get the Texans. I think they're going to have a pretty easy game, and I think this is a, a nice spot for Tyler Lockett, You know, even if he's not uh, getting 10 targets this game because he probably won't need 10 targets. Uh, I I think this will be a spot where he's given enough efficiency that you should very much trust him. And yeah. I would trust him over DK Metcalf uh, so much. Yeah. Can you play DK Metcalf anymore? I mean, yeah, he had a fine week this past mm. week. He put up like 12 I'm points. Scared. I'm, I'm scared. St- I'm scared. Like, I would much rather play Elijah Moore 
like hands yeah, down every matchup the rest of this year over DK Metcalf. I saw a bit of a back and forth on Twitter about that. I was like, I would trust Elijah Moore so much more than Metcalf at this point. Yeah, you would. I mean, Elijah Moore <laughs> should just be trusted over many wide receivers. So that's not really fair to DK Metcalf to put him up against uh, someone so godly like Elijah Moore. <laughs> oh my, get a room. Well. All right, let's let's well. run through our tight end scrumptious start. You know, we never want to talk about these, but you gotta. Jake, who you, who's your scrumptious start at tight end? We mentioned him up at the top of the show. It's Ricky Seals-Jones. You want to talk about the opposite of godly? I think that is <laughs> Ricky Seals-Jones. But he gets to play the Dallas Cowboys. They're a top 10 matchup for fantasy tight ends. And I got to say, Seals-Jones is eighth overall in red zone target share amongst all pass catchers. And the dude's only played basically five games where he had a large chunk of snaps. So that's incredibly impressive. Also just speaks to how atrocious the rest of the options are there in Washington in the red zone. But regardless, he gets the opportunities there. Dallas gives up a ton of passing yards per game. They are fourth worst in that respect. And RSJ is going to have opportunities as the second or third option in that passing game this week. So Logan Thomas is out. Ricky Seals is in for me. I like that. As long as, you know, it, we pick some players this week that are kind of questionable whether they're going to play or not. But if Ricky Seals-Jones is out there, he should have a nice PPR day. Story of the NFL. Yeah, for sure. All right, my guy Zach Ertz versus the Rams. He's been kind of quiet as of late because in week 13, I mean, he did absolutely nothing. One reception for 10 yards. But the Cardinals threw 15 times in the all of the game. Uh, they didn't need to throw. They were just running, and they were up a lot against the Bears. So there was no need to throw. No player on the Cardinals had more than two receptions last week. So I'm just throwing that game out. And then week 12, bye. So it's like you haven't really got to, to depend on Ertz as of late. But before the bye week, he had nine targets, eight receptions, 88 yards, and two receiving touchdowns against the Seahawks. Um, obviously that was with Colt McCoy and all of the other, you know, a lot of the wide receiver options were out of that game. So they needed Ertz. Now they're back. Um, but I'm not really too worried about it because they're going up against the Rams. I think Jalen Ramsey kind of, his focus is going to be to shut down DeAndre Hopkins. And if they take Hopkins out of the game, they're going to be looking for the other guys. And Ertz is the big reliable dude for Kyler Murray. And they're going to have to pass a lot more than they did last week. Uh, I, I expect this to be a high-scoring game, which will allow Earths more opportunities to score a touchdown. Uh, the Rams have been allowing touchdowns to the tight end position as of late. They allowed a touchdown to Brevin Jordan, uh, Jeff Swaim, and George Kittle, which is fair. Um, they That was just through weeks 8 through 10. So it was three straight weeks of allowing a touchdown to the tight end position, then obviously had a week 11 bye. And then they played the Packers and the Jaguars. That doesn't count. They don't have a tight end on the team that's worth anything. Uh, Max Williams, the last time these two teams played each other in week four, Max Williams was the, you know, the tight end for the Cardinals at that point. And he put up five receptions, 66 yards, and a receiving touchdown against the Rams. So I feel good about this start. I expect him to hopefully get into the end zone, get a handful of targets. Like I like this for him. I've been pretty impressed with just his overall involvement. Like, he stepped into the Arizona Cardinals offense and just took on a role. Like, immediately, there was no transition period for him whatsoever. Excluding that Week 13 game, uh, he's had no fewer than four targets in any of his outings with the Cardinals, which I think is, like, really, really freaking awesome, just considering the fact that he is brand new to this offense, and they have so many playmakers. Like, you could be getting the ball to anybody, but he's he's clearly a point of emphasis for this team, um, and I, I like this a lot. Yeah. All right. Who's your star of the week, Kate? This one's grosser. Oh, God. You're just like, you're living <laughs> dangerously this week. Living on the edge, baby. Uh, this, this isn't uh, like the sexiest pick whatsoever, but if you have like a Darren Waller, maybe a Dallas Goddard who's been scoring you some points, I think this is a nice option. Uh, I'm going with Nick Vanette against the New York Jets. Um, So Nick Vanette didn't have a terrible Thursday night football outing uh, with the Saints. Modest three catches for 48 yards in prime time. Better than I would have thought. Yeah, and it's better than most tight ends on a week-to-week basis. (laughs) So, like, um, I'm – 
I know the Saints offense isn't exactly like this hot, hot streaky offense, but uh, Deontay Harris, who's led the team in targets and receiving yards since week eight, is now officially out for a three-game suspension. I do think that Nick Vanette should be in for a couple of more targets than he's used to seeing. Pair the opportunity with the nice matchups that the Jets are allowing an average of 56, uh, nearly 57 receiving yards, uh, and have allowed four total touchdowns to the tight end position in that same time span. It's a fine matchup, and I think you could do a lot. Like if you're if you're streaming the tight end position, which most people are, I I think Nick Vanette could be a tight end one this week. Dallas Goddard went off on the Jets. He was open on every single play, it felt like. Like, Gardner Minshew didn't even have to try in that game. It was like, oh, I'm just going to pass this wide open Dallas Goddard. Like, nonstop. I swear the Jets just didn't even care about him. They kept forgetting. Like, I saw the first touchdown, and then I was like, oh, they're replaying the the touchdown. I was like, nope, that's that's another Another touchdown. Another touchdown. Um, we got a fresh one. Yeah. So I, I actually don't hate that. The name's gross, but I, I don't hate that at all. Um, if you're not. I would probably great. actually rather start Nick Vanette than Ricky Seals-Jones. Ooh. You know, Ricky oh. Seals-Jones is safer to get you six to eight points, but I think Vanette has a little bit higher of a ceiling. Ooh. Maybe. Nick Van Nick. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. All right. Let's get into our fade of the week. We talked enough kindness to these players so far. Kate already gave us her fade of the week with Cream Hunt. But, Jake, provide your guy that you say you should sit. This isn't even just a fade this week. This is a rest-of-season fade. This is a plea to drop this guy if you Ooh. still have him on your rosters. And 78% of people in ESPN leagues apparently still do his name is Cortland Sutton. He plays for the Broncos, and he has been absolutely horrendous for half of the season, and it's not getting better for him. So you have to go all the way back to Week 7 to find an instance of him scoring at least 10 fantasy points. He's been on the field since then. He has not been doing anything. It's looked atrocious. He had the most targets that he's had since Week 6, this past week, against Kansas City. Six targets. He got two catches. He got 15 yards. He got no touchdowns. That's the kind of stat line you can just expect from him moving forward. And he's become that guy people are too scared to drop because the name value is still enough to like, man, I gotta, I gotta keep this guy. What if, what if, what if? Well, he just got that contract extension too. Like you would think that they'd get him going after making a statement like a contract extension. And it just doesn't matter. And they did the same for Tim Patrick. And so now that that even muddies things. It's like, what what is your intent with this wide receiving core besides to just abuse them for fantasy purposes? And it's awful. He, he has a couple of respectable matchups from here on out, but I don't want to start him. I want to drop him and make him that landmine that other managers pick up and I put in. I love the landmines. I love landmines. I love dropping landmines. Yeah, Carlin Sutton's not <laughs> playable until he shows you that he should be back into your starting lineup. Like, But, no, the season is kind of, oh, like, is there anything in the world that Cortland Sutton could do this week that would enable you to trust him in your fantasy football playoffs? I mean, if he put up 150 yards and touched on, I'd be intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> would you, would you trust I wouldn't it? trust it, but uh, I would be intrigued. Wouldn't trust it with a ten-foot pole. People are going to be intrigued this week because of the matchup, but yeah, I don't, I don't think he's playable. My guy, also, like I understand it's the gross running back landscape, and you probably have to play him. I do. I mean, I have this dude everywhere, but I'm not excited about it. It's Daryl Henderson versus the Cardinals. It's not really about the matchup. The matchup's okay. They're middle of the pack at fantasy points allowed to the running back position. Like it should be a high scoring game my biggest worries is like his injury because a he's just never healthy but he they made him active last week didn't even give him a a carry didn't give him a touch like it was a sony michelle show and they were against the jets so sony michelle went off because the jets are incredibly bad they allow 35 fantasy points per game to running backs this season the most by a massive chunk by like five points per game uh, so Sony Michelle had a great game. He, he looked good out there. Uh, Sean McVay wants a guy he can trust, and I think Sony Michelle earned the right to get more snaps and carries. So I think even if Daryl Henderson's ready to go, 
I think it's, he's going to just not get close to the touches he was getting before. And it's been not so great for him in fantasy. I mean, in three of the la- his last five games played, he scored under 10 points, 9.4, 8.8, and 8.1, with a couple good games in there. But I just I don't like this for Daryl Henderson. I think Sony Michelle's still going to be the main guy, at least for this week. I don't love it. I don't love it. Well, like the comments from Sean McBay – McBay, 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 it's been kind of alarming, uh, like came out this week and obviously you saw a really nice game from Sony Michelle against, you know, the worst rushing defense in the NFL, but he came out to say like, yeah, even when Daryl Henderson is healthy, like, I think we need Sony. Like he, he made the statements that nobody wants to hear. Yep. You want to hear that he sorely misses. Daryl Henderson. No, I think Sony's going to be that dude. And even when we saw, I mean, it was like five, six weeks back. No, it was some primetime game. Daryl Henderson had to leave for a couple drives. Sony Michelle was doing well in those drives. Like, I think he's more of the, I, I love Daryl Henderson. And when he's out there, he's, he's fine. It's just, I don't feel good. But I'm starting him in a few leagues, unfortunately. So I'm sure you have to. Just don't expect much, is all I'm saying. I'm assuming you Maybe start- he can get a touchdown. I'm assuming you'd start Sony Michelle over Daryl Henderson this week. Yes, I would. I'm not pumped about either. Something Um, I never thought we'd say ahead of week 14. But if I had to pick one, I'd start Sony Michelle. Pair Henderson with a big upside play this week, it sounds like. If you have that opportunity. Do that that same thing with Kareem Hunt. Just do it. No, Kareem Hunt's going to do great. That's your high upside guy to pair with him. All right, that's our show for today. If you have any additional questions before Sunday, um, you can reach us on Twitter. Make sure to check out my Fire and Ice post every Thursday in the afternoon. Um, It's just a fun one, so go check that out over on Twitter. Uh, You can find me, Michelle, at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast E-M. You can find me, Kate, at FF Ball Blast. You can find me, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.